Season 2, Preview 4 of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. On this episode, we will take an in-depth look at Hancock County football. We will also talk to Hancock Hawks football coach, Neil Lawler. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Katie Cake and Company, located at 109 West Canal Street in Picayune, Pearl River Community College, and Robertson Brothers Used Cars, located on Highway 11 South in Picayune. Clay and I were able to sit down with Hancock Hawks head football coach, Neil Lawler. Let's hear what he had to say. We've got head coach from Hancock Hawks, Neil Lawler, with us tonight. And Neil, man, I know we interrupting your dinner, brother, but I appreciate the time. Thank you all for calling. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. You know I enjoy every time on here. Well, we were lucky enough, I guess, fortunate enough to have you on uh, the first episode and backed by popular demand you are so <laughs> let's see man what since we left you last man how was y'all's uh summer and now i guess we're into i am gonna call it fall but let's call it fall practices man how are we looking down there well we we ended the summer good and strong um i was pleased with our our uh, efforts throughout the remainder of july um i, I think our kids have uh you know they've come to the realization they know the task at hand and uh I, I know we've had a good uh good good week and a couple of days now um of uh fall camp uh looking forward to our jamboree coming up uh, in a couple of days so i'm i'm pleased where we are we, we come out of the summer healthy uh and and stronger and that's all i can ask i'll ask this now you come off a 10 and 3 season we talked about this in our in our first episode when we kind of aired it out and had that interview, mm-hmm. but the expectations as the season gets closer, I mean, it's a different expectation than a Hancock club has had in a long, long time. Do you mm-hmm. sense a difference with your team uh, going into this year, or is it about the same as it was last year? Um, you know, the good thing is it's, it's very similar to last year. Um, I think uh, we have a good group of guys that played last year. You know, when I say play, they were main contributors. Uh, but also we got a lot of new faces, uh, so therefore they're kind of unsure um, to a certain point of what uh, role that they're going to need to hopefully grasp and uh, and and contribute to. Um, but I think the the overall team aspect going in and, and thought process is that you know this is a little bit different. Um, you know we we're not used to being the hunted. Um, you know, and uh, that's that's kind of been mentioned, but. Our guys are, are still focused on saying that we got to take uh, game one uh, against Pearl River Central uh, just as much as we do. We can't think ahead by any means. We're, we're not, you know, never to that point uh, at any time. But, uh, you know, we have to uh, have to go day by day and, and hopefully get better each day. Coach, I, I feel like we're friendly enough that I can get you out mm-hmm. of some coach speech here. For y'all oh, to yeah. be what you want y'all to be, Coach, through the year, give me some names that have to do what, what you want them to do offensively and defensively, some some leaders that when you look back in December, you say, well, I needed these guys to do this, and they did it. Sure. Uh, I mean, the name, you know, the two names that everybody probably knows as far as our offense being, Brooks Raber and uh, Caleb Garcia, our quarterback. But, uh, you know, Blake Como is coming back from ACL. Um, and Blake is a kid that was leading us in rushing, uh, was leading us in rushing touchdowns uh, before he went down with an ACL last year. He's come back. He's, uh, he's actually running 
a little bit faster uh, on hand clock. Uh, he, he's if he continues his role, which he is kind of accepted and and he's thriving at. He, he he's taking that that ownership of the running back crew. Um, he's full contact now and everything. Uh, and uh, I think I think if he does what his his mindset was set to do last year when he unfortunately went down, I think he's going to be. Uh, right there. As long as he does that, we're going to be strong in that aspect. Uh, another one of our running backs, uh, Jordan Fushi, who is going to be a huge contributor in the run game and pass game. Uh, he's actually a receiver who we've moved in uh, to run the ball. He's six two, 195-pound kid that, uh, you know, he's, he, he can he can move a little bit. And, uh, of course, at that size, he's a threat to to, to – carry some people if need be and uh, you know but we also have some some other guys Sebastian Fawcett which nobody has even probably ever heard of outside the the doors of our field house and uh, I got a feeling some you know somewhere along the line people are going to at least know that name uh, he, he's a kid that he's a typical Hancock kid to me he comes in yes sir this and, and you tell me what I need to do to get better and he does it and uh and I'm pleased to see where he is and excited to see because I think he, if he contributes uh, as we think he can, uh, just like with, of course, Jordan, uh, I, I think we we got a chance to be um, as special as we were last year with the running backs, even though we're losing two 1,000-yard rushers. Um, we also have a receiver who is coming off the uh, basketball court uh, and uh, replacing our receiver we lost opposite of Brooks. Um, he's a big kid. He's about six one, about one ninety five, and uh, you know, pretty good ball skills. He played for us in ninth grade, and then uh, found the gym for a couple of years, and now he's come back. And I'm excited to see if if he can, you know, maintain what he's done over the summer and even in the spring game. He had a, he had a good spring game. Uh, he probably had seventy, eighty yards of receiving in the spring game, and uh, you know. Knowing that people are going to be looking at Brooks, you know, he's he just got to be, he's got to be consistent, uh, and, and he has a chance to be. Um, he has a great energy and attitude about him. He fits perfect with, uh, with us as a team, and um, I'm excited to see him. We're joined by Hancock Holtz football coach Neil Lawler. And, Coach, you've got the kill rocking down there. Just uh, it's hard to believe that the season – is a week and a half away, and uh, as you mentioned a little earlier, you start the season on the road, the first football game at uh, the Pearl River Central Blue Devils under uh, new leadership, uh, head coach Jacob Owens. But talk a little bit about your about your schedule, the out-of-district play, and then as you enter uh, your district play, some of them games that might stand out uh, stand out to sure. you as you look on the schedule. Uh, sure, yeah. We start up at Pearl River uh, Central against Jacob and uh, – you know, I know Jacob, uh, you know, uh, he and I have had conversations in the past and stuff, and we've talked ball, and uh, we have a lot of mutual friends. So, Jacob and I know each other. Um, it's the first time, of course, as head coaches uh, being, uh, you know, paired against each other. But we, I, I'm excited to see what our kids bring. I know they're going to be juiced up. Um, new head coach at home, first game. I, I, I know that feeling. We lived it last year. Um, and 
Um, I, I know they're, he's going to have the guys ready. I know they're going to play soft. I know they're going to play uh, smart football. Uh, he wanted us to coach. tell you, Coach, too, that he wasn't running a wing tee, that he was going to have it all spread out. <laughs> he wanted to make sure he got that message. Exactly. Yeah, let him know I'm prepared for three wide. I'm absolutely prepared for three three by two and all that oh, stuff and how many pass routes. But, uh, yeah, it's a, the good thing is, we, you know, we we – kind of know just because we know he's called plays up in Popperville. So, you know, we have an idea of what they're going to do. But it's, I'm excited to see how our kids react in that kind of atmosphere um, because Pearl River has a great football atmosphere. It's a great football town. Uh, and, you know, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing our kids uh, in that in that type of mode. Um, also, you know, it's, it's a good look for us defensively. We'll see, of course, the wing T look. Um, in our opening game, and then our second game, uh, we we faced off against South Jones, which last year was a, a good test. We got down early to them, fourteen up, and then we're able to come back and finish that one off. But up there in Ellis Field, but this year they come to us, um, and you know they they've got a new head coach also. So we're going to see another uh, another head new head coach in week two, and um, you know I know they got a quarterback who has. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, about ten offers. Mm. So I know they can throw it around. He can, he can definitely send it. Uh, so that's a different contrast that we we're going to see from week one. Uh, going along with our schedule, week three, uh, we see another new head coach uh, over at Gauthier. Uh So we're we're kind of we're kind of running the 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 road of the new head coaches uh, the first part of the season there in Gauthier, We got to travel to them. Of course, they're always a uh, very talented football team. Um, with speed and uh, blessed with some skilled guys and and some, and some gritty guys over there. That's uh, you know that I'm hoping our guys can they can match that intensity at their place too. Um, and we have an off week after that, but then we have Lakeshore who got us last year. Lakeshore was a very good ball club. Um, yeah, they got a lot is. of people, didn't they, Coach? Yeah, they they went 15 and one, got mm-hmm. beaten in the Superdome in the. Uh, State two game and get that in the car. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, and uh, right. so I mean that's that's nothing to hang your hat on. But uh, anyway, they they were they were a really good ball club. They were explosive uh, last year. They're still going to be explosive. I know um, they had some people graduate, but so did everybody else. And uh, you know we've seen them this summer um, and seven on seven. So we know they can they can definitely still throw it around and they can. It goes to that spread offense, so that's a good look for us. We're going to see a couple of slash, you know, run teams, and then we'll see a couple teams in our all or in our preseason, excuse me, not preseason, but in our uh, non-district schedule that can throw it around. So we get the we get the mix of both worlds uh, before we get into district. And once that starts, it, uh, you know, I was doing an interview earlier with a newspaper. They were asking about district, and I, you know. We have out of the eight teams. It's it's really a shame that it's going to come down to eight different ball games um, because everybody has a chance every week. Um, I feel like, and I, I know starting with week one for us, Ocean Springs has been a uh, challenge uh, each and every year. It's come down to the last possession uh, the last four or five years, if I'm not mistaken. Last year was an eight point ball game, and that's been the widest. Uh, margin of victory and since I've been at Hancock. Wow. Uh, 
so, and this is year six for me. So, uh, it's, it's, it's a battle. It's a first district game and everybody's trying to set the tone, you know, set themselves up. Uh, so that's good. I'm looking forward to not just to seeing how we can progress and hopefully jail getting to that point, but I'm looking to, to see the challenge of, of, uh, you know, seeing, seeing them kind of gun towards us because last year we were fortunate enough to get them. And, uh, you know, and then, then we get travel to the, uh, to the old powerful and mighty, uh, talented, uh, St. Martin. That's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, they got division one players pretty much at every, at every level of their offense and defense. So it's, uh, there's going to be, you know, athletes everywhere. And, uh, you know, they, they got a new field, and I'm sure Coach Eddie Wayne's not not looking at losing one on on that, and, and he's got a talented group to to lead into this year. So uh, from there, we we match up with with Gulfport, uh, which you know Gulfport's held the crown in between them and Diabreville for the last several years within our district, and uh, you know, they they're always talented and and with players and. Uh, we go back to back weeks, or excuse me, three straight weeks with St. Martin, go forward the Iverville, or our three, uh, after starting with Ocean Springs, which mm. is going to be a water knocker as it is. Uh, but I, I, I think, you know, it's kind of a rough start, but it's kind of a good start. And then you could set yourself up well coming out of those four, or you can, you know, kind of be behind the A ball last year. We were fortunate to, to get ahead of the game. And uh, from there, we finish out our season um, on the road to Biloxi, and uh, we get Harrison Central at home on the road to Biloxi, and then uh, Pascagoula comes to us. So I'm I'm excited. Like I said, the 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 games in district are are always close, no matter who we play. We played Pascagoula last year, and we were you know eight and two, and they were two and eight or whatever, and my God, we had that. We kicked it at the last second for with a field goal to win it. You know, by three. Uh, so it was. It, it all of them were pretty evenly matched. It's just a matter of who gets the ball to bounce the right way, and unfortunately, that ball is hmm. not round. So yeah. it bounces all kind of crazy ways. And then, uh, you know, hopefully, we can get our fair share of the breaks. And that's what it takes. Uh, you know, everybody that is you know, played this game or coached this game understands that it's you can X and O yourself to death, but you gotta have certain things go right for you and that's that's all you can ask for. And coach, we certainly hope that you have a lot of those uh good breaks, good bounces and some things go y'all's way. Y'all You've made fans of us here in the second appearance on the uh, podcast, and we appreciate you. your time, man. Go back and get back to that uh <laughs> Mexican Dinner you're That's having right. there, Taco Tuesday, as you said, and I don't want to be mm-hmm. out with Miss April, <laughs> so you go on back in there now. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you all so much. And, you know, anytime I can, I, I love to speak with you all. Absolutely, Coach. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, man. Go Hawks. Tonight's Spotlight interview will feature Joe Getz from the Seacoast Echo, and that interview is brought to you by Advantage Insurance Company. For all your commercial and personal insurance needs, come by Advantage Insurance. They are located at 4201 Suite B, Highway 11 North in Picayune, or give Shauna Oder a call at 
749-8790. We're privileged tonight to be joined by Joe Jacks of the Seacoast Echo and uh, wears many other hats than uh, just that, but we'll let Joe kind of introduce himself to our listeners. But Jeff and I are, are glad to have Joe Jacks joining the podcast tonight. Well, thank you, Clay and Jeff. Uh, uh, as you as you introduced me, my name is Joe Jex. I've, I've worked the sideline at St. Stanislaus and for the Seacoast Echo uh, for the last 26 years. This will be my 27th season. And uh, one of the other hats that, uh, that Clay had mentioned, I, I work for First National Bank of Picayune uh, there at the main office on East Canal. So uh, I go from one full-time job to another. <laughs> well, we can certainly relate with, uh, with that, Joe, and uh, – we had a chance uh, to get to meet you and spend some time with you last year at the Popperville St. Stanislaus. Uh, I believe that was the third round of the state playoffs. You were uh, kind enough to join us at the half, and we just kind of got a glimpse of all the history you knew about uh, St. Stanislaus sports and um, just the way that you could talk sports. So we're certainly glad to have you join us tonight, and that's that's kind of the flavor we're going to stay with. We're going to talk uh, Rocket Charles football, and then also we're going to talk Bay High football as, as tonight's going to be our Hancock County preview show for high school football so joe i guess to get started let's start right there with the rocket charles uh, a change in leadership for saint stanislaus going into the season correct yes uh we do have a new head coach uh his name is nate Incrapera. um he is new to the head coaching position but he's actually not new to stanislaus this is his ninth year there uh, he has been uh, an assistant uh for one year under forrest williams when he was was here back in 2010 and then he was an assistant under uh, Gabe Pertita, uh, Bill Connodies, and last year with uh, Jeff Jordan. Jeff Jordan uh, stepped down from the from the head coaching position, and uh, he, uh, his first his first inclination was to go into private business. But uh, Jeff uh, had a change of heart, and uh, Jeff returns to the sideline with us, but uh, as a position coach, uh, and he had, he had served as a head coach before. And also worked in the Division One ranks over with uh, University of Louisiana uh, Lafayette uh, as the strength and conditioning coach there uh, after his playing days at LSU. So he was he was thrilled to be able to remain on the sideline and uh, and and turn the reins over to Nate, who is uh, uh, a little bit younger and uh, uh, ready to get started. And he's. He should return some talent, Joe. That's a t- team that we just described. We got to see covering uh, Popperville football last year. And and really, they did, as you've described him being the defensive coordinator, they did a pretty good job against a, a explosive offense in that wing tee from the Hornets. And, and just describe the defense that they played under his leadership as a coordinator last year, and particularly that ball game. They, they did as good a job as uh, really anybody along the way against that wing tee of Popperville. Well, when, when, when you run into a team such as Popperville that, that runs the wing tee to perfection, which is how Jay does it up there, it, it's, it's as perfectly run as possible. And you have to you have to maintain your gaps. You have to stay at home. You can't be taken aback by the misdirection and whatnot. And and sometimes you have to overload the box. Fortunately, last year under uh, under Nate Incopera as defense coordinator, Stanislaus had some had some 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 very good defensive players, some bruisers that would be able to 
to put a helmet on you. And we use that to our, uh, to our advantage uh, in several games. And uh, we played Popperville about as well as we could play them. We lost, a, we lost our middle linebacker early in the game in the first quarter. And that, that, changed, that changed the whole game for us defensively because we didn't have that, that senior leadership there in that spot. That maybe that doesn't change the outcome of the game. It probably doesn't. But, but losing that cog, it makes you change your strategy a little bit. But, but Stanislaus did play well. They play a four-man front typically. Um, but in that particular game, they put a few extra people in the box because the wing tee is such a, a run-heavy type of offense. And with the talent that Popperville had and the speed that they had back there, just you have to pay attention to that and you have to respect it what's uh, once and for all uh, the entire game uh, can they beat you with the pass sure they can uh, they have some speedy wide receivers and a quarterback that could they could throw the ball uh, a good ways but but their bread and butter was the, was the run game and and we had to overload the box a little bit and and Nate Nate did a good job game planning for that and the kids got a good taste of it earlier in the year against East Central it's uh, it's just that, that Popperville, no doubt, was the better team, and they uh, and they proved it. And Joe, you talk about uh, losing a, a senior in that ball game early in that ball game, and that was a great point by you. I, I did feel like it changed that game certainly. What all did Stanislaus with that senior class? Uh, the obvious that jumps out to me is Jacob Greer, but what all are they trying to replace uh, from the senior class that graduated? Well, we did have some very talented seniors that graduated last year. They were, they were some holdovers from the Miles Brennan era, which that was a very pass-happy and offensive juggernaut type era. But Jake Greer last year, he was a, a one-year starter quarterback, and he, he threw for uh, 1,711 yards, and he also rushed for 730 yards. So he accounted for almost um, – uh, you know, 2,500 yards worth of offense uh, in addition to 30 touchdowns throughout the season, 20 passing and 10 rushing. So we have to replace him. He's now suiting up at PRCC. And from what I understand from the guys up there, he's doing a great job catching on to everything. Uh, but we also replaced both of our running backs. Andrew Trapani is now at uh, State University of New York Maritime College playing uh, football up there. That's a Division three school. And we also replaced Cahill Marlowe. It was a uh, it was a two-headed monster uh, senior running back duo there for us last year. Uh, and, and they together combined, they rushed for about 1,100 yards. Uh, they, were the, they were the workhorse type people when we needed a, a tough yard or whatnot. Uh, but we also replaced Harrison Brewer. He was our top returning uh, receiver last year, and we replaced him. Uh, he is not playing football this year, but we, um, but we do have some guys returning on offense. We lost... Um, uh, we lost Brandon Tardivu, which was our standout uh, left tackle. He is now playing at the, at the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And you, you, when you lose a six foot four, two hundred and seventy five pound Mississippi Alabama All Star player, it's that's tough to replace. Yeah, we do have absolutely. some linemen returning, but they're not they're not six foot four, two hundred and seventy five pounds. So we we have a few places to fill on the offensive line. We have a brand-new running back. Uh, we are bringing Delvin Henry from the defensive backfield over to offense exclusively. And he has really he has really stepped up his game in the spring, throughout the summer. He has gotten physically bigger. And he also – he always had a little wiggle to him 
he was he's a standout track athlete for us. He always had a little wiggle, but now we're beginning to see it a little bit more when when we focus on the running game and, and, and give him the ball in practice. We're we're beginning to see flashes of brilliance with Delvin Henry. But again, he's unproven as a running back. But he does add a he does add a dimension back there that we have not had probably since the nineteen nineties with Chris Cannon. Uh, we, we have some speed back there. We have some guy. We have a guy. We have a guy that can break away. Wow, Chris Cannon. That's a name from the past, and he certainly uh, could break away, couldn't he, Joe? He, but he, well, he's he's the school's all-time leading rusher. He he rushed for over five thousand yards as a as a student athlete at Stanislaus. I had the privilege of coaching him when I was uh, teaching and coaching at St. Stanislaus at that point in time. But Chris Cannon uh, played uh, two years at Pearl River and then went on to Emporia State. Uh, out in Kansas and and finished up there at a Division two school and was actually invited to a, a regional NFL combine camp by the Dallas Cowboys three years in a row, but uh, never made the cut uh, to get to the draft combine uh, as a running back. Uh, but but he, he 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 was a he was a speedster and he, he carried a little punch with him as well. He was he's actually a cousin uh, of the former NFL running back Gene Lang. Wow. His mama and Gene are uh, brother and sister. So, oh, well, uh, he's a nephew. I'm sorry. He's a nephew of Gene's. Wow. Joe, we talked a, you talked a little bit about uh, last year with the game uh, Stanislaus against Popperville. You talked about some of the replacements and some returner uh, returning starters coming back. As you looked at this team uh, through the spring and as they did some, uh, some summer workouts, uh, I know you're involved around this team. Is uh, – Talk a little bit about a co- about Coach Nathan's uh, approach to this 2018 season. Is it going to be something uh, a little different, or is he going to try to stick to some stuff that he was actually uh, as an assistant under, or is he, is he trying to put his own fingerprint on this football team? You know, that, that's a good question. It's, it's a combination of a lot of things. When we run tempo, uh, it's a flash to the past, what we've been doing for like the last 15 or 20 years, a finesse-type offense. Uh, with an up-tempo uh, movement to it. But he has, he has really focused on the spring and the summer with the running game because losing what we've lost over the last three or four years, we've got to, we've got to change the game a little bit to be able to protect the football. And you can't just run tempo as we've done in the past as often with this team. We have to, we have to, create, we have to create some some opportunities for us through the running game, which Delvin Henry will help us out doing. Uh, returning, well, not returning, but his first year as a starter will be Pat Greer, Jacob's younger brother. He did get one start last year through for over 350 yards and four touchdowns against Moss Point when we beat Moss Point last year. And that was his one and only start last year uh, when Jacob was uh, recovering from an injury. And uh, he's got flashes of brilliance. So we have the opportunity for up-tempo. We have the receivers for the up-tempo. But what I've seen uh, Coach Incapara focus on really has been a running game and an approach to a running game along with an approach with the offensive linemen because that's two different styles of blocking. Uh, a, passing, a pass block and a run block, two totally different concepts. And we've kind of had to uh, re-educate the linemen a little bit on run blocking because we've been such a pass happy offense you have to take different steps you have to take different angles and your hookup is going to be totally different uh with a defensive lineman and an offensive lineman in a run stance so 
it's been a lot of focus on on a run game. I'm not saying we're going to be a run-heavy offense because you can't switch midstream like that, but we're going to see a more balanced approach, I think. Joe, when you look at this club, you've mentioned Henry in the backfield and then uh, Pat Greer, uh, signal caller. What are some other guys when you look at maybe that offensive line? I know I've seen a, a rimmer on that offensive line and some uh, previews to the season, but some other names and some student athletes that may would stand out on that offensive side of the ball. Sure. Uh, well, first and foremost, like you said, Alex Rimmer, he's uh, he's our next bell cow on the offensive line. He'll be a senior this year. He stands about 6'3", weighs about 260. Uh, he'll play tackle for us. Uh, very, very strong technique-wise. And he, he has some junior college offers right now, but I expect him, uh, once, the, once the season progresses, uh, he's a very strong student, so he's not an academic risk for a program. So, He'll get some. He'll get some some major college offers, uh, some mid majors and things of that nature. Uh, he's the next bell cow. But but going down that line, we've got uh, Chris Smith coming back and playing a little bit, uh, a little bit on the offensive line, uh, also playing a little bit on defense. Uh, another uh, youngster, a junior by the name of Seth Cook. His older brother Mark Cook is uh, or played at PRCC last year, uh, and he was uh, he was a center for us. Mark was. Uh, and Seth will play guard. Uh, we also have uh, a freshman that's going to be on the line. But I say freshman only because we rank him as a freshman because of his grade. But really, he's an extremely talented offensive lineman. He is the younger brother uh, of Jordan Bradford. His name is Joseph Bradford. And Jordan Bradford, a few years back for us, was an all-state uh, defensive end for us and is playing at Louisiana Tech he, as a senior this year. So is that is, is that a requirement or part of, part of the scholarship process, Joe? If if you come through there, you got to promise a younger brother or some of the bloodline to come back <laughs> well, through those rocket charles. That's uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that, but we do have a lot of legacy there. Yes, uh, it, it, Jordan uh, Jordan playing at La Tech this year. Uh, he's he's been there the last three years, but this is his senior year, and he'll be a starter over there at La Tech. But his daddy and I played together at Stanislaus. Wow. And his dad played at PRCC and then was an All-American at Delta State wow. as an offensive lineman. So it runs in the blood. Yeah, and, absolutely. And then with, with, Stanislaus, uh, with Stanislaus being in Bay St. Louis but close to Pascris Jan, Diamond Head, The Kill, Waveland, uh, we, we get that draw from those legacy families, the, the family tradition there. And uh, a lot of the names to some of your listeners will probably be repetitive, the last name anyway. Right. Uh, because over the over the generations, we've just had several uh, repeat names come through there. Really cool. And the history that you've been able to see there and, and record uh, through the Echo and uh, through your role with St. Stanislaus is very cool. We're very fortunate to be joined by Joe Jex tonight. And, Joe, we've talked offense. We've talked about the uh, new coach, new leadership. Let's go to the other side of the football. And we know good football teams are going to have good defenses. What do the Rocket Charles look to have there on defense this season? Well, we uh... – that was probably the, the, the area of our game that was uh, affected most by graduation. Uh, this year, uh, we're replacing uh, several top-tier talent players that, that have played a number of seasons at St. Stanislaus. First and foremost is J.D. Rutherford. Uh, J.D. is now playing at Jones County Junior College as a safety. 
but he was our bell cow on defense. Like he was year. a he good was our, one too, Joe. He, he was our captain. He was our safety. And uh, teams found out who he was and where he was very early in the game and very mm-hmm. often. And after him, uh, we lose uh, Leo Roos, who was our middle linebacker. Uh, he's uh, he is not uh, he's not playing football this year, but uh, he was a a very very productive player for us for two years. Uh, and, and we'll miss his 150 tackles that he put in last year. And mm-hmm. then we miss another linebacker, Louis Negrado. Louis is now playing at Brevard College, which is a Division three school in North Carolina. Uh, so he, uh, we lose those three along with Joe Reader, who was on the defensive line. But we returned some, we returned some, some solid players. Louis Negrado had a younger brother, or has a younger brother, Lee Negrado, and Lee is probably our next tight end prospect at St. Stanislaus for the Division One ranks. Six three, about two ten. He'll play on both sides of the ball. He played outside linebacker last year. He'll probably play a walk up defensive end for us. And we'll use him in situational plays on offense, but, but Lee is Lee is the real deal. Um, and we got Trace Rhodes back this year as a safety for us. Uh, he is he's been a three year letter winner for us, and is the younger brother of Chase Rhodes, who was an All State wide receiver for us uh, with Miles Brennan. Uh, we lose Nick Hava, who was also an outside linebacker, but we return. Uh, Nathan Hale on the defensive line. We return Nate McCormick on the defensive line. Uh, we're we're going to be putting uh, uh, a, a new defensive backfield together. We've got some first-year players out there that are athletes uh, that have come over from other sports, uh, and, and and they're they're catching on. Uh, when you have when you put an athlete out there, it matters experience-wise how they how they grasp everything, but athletically. An athlete can always grasp what needs to be done, and we have uh, we have a, a defensive back from uh, from the basketball team by the name of Alex Fuller. Uh, he's played uh, he's played football before, but just not at Stanislaus. So he is nailed down one spot, and will will provide a different dimension for us speed wise there at the defensive back uh, position. We also have another tr- another first year player in Brandon Borderlawn, who is. Uh, a basketball and track athlete, and actually is a state champion track athlete, and he'll provide a little speed for us uh, in the return game as well uh, as offense. And um, we're we're piecing it back together uh, with some with some guys who maybe did not get a lot of start time last year, but they've seen some they've seen some action, they've seen plays. But now we're now they're being called on to be a starter. So there's some growing pains there, but but it's coming through. Joe, kind of walk us through um, the schedule, if you will, for St. Sanisalus, and then mo- most importantly, I guess, uh, probably to our listeners and to the Rocket Charles is, is that district. Uh, I mean, you describe a, a pretty young team, and, and how do you think they'll fare once they get into district play? Sure. Uh, our first game, uh, well, we have a jamboree this Friday. Uh, and as we all know, the jamborees are, are good practice, good scrimmages against uh, someone wearing a different color jersey. Uh, we'll be going against Gulfport this Friday uh, over there at Milner Stadium beginning at 6. And it'll be a controlled scrimmage uh, with varsity getting a certain number of plays, junior varsity getting a certain number of plays, and, and some situational stuff like red zone offense and PATs and field goals and stuff like that. But our first opponent is, uh, is in the Shrimp Bowl against Biloxi at Biloxi, uh, a familiar opponent for us the last few years. Uh, they're also breaking in a new head coach and, and probably 
some type of new format, new offense, new defense, or whatnot. So there might be some evenly matched scenarios there uh, with Biloxi. Then we take a week off. And in my opinion, the, the worst week that you can have an off week is the second week. Wow, Most yeah. improvement is between first game one and game two. Mm-hmm. So we have basically two first games this year. Wow. And it's to me, it's just not an ideal situation. It's, it's something that happened at the last uh, uh, re-enrollment classification. Uh, we just kind of uh, we messed up on our dates a little bit, and we had to we had to do a makeshift operation there, and it just it just so happened to work out that way. But luckily, we'll be able to correct that come this December. But we have an off week after Biloxi, and then we then we entertain probably the best team in Alabama, uh, St. Paul's Episcopal Automobile, wow. uh, a team that uh, recently got moved to six A in in Alabama uh, because of how much they've won. <laughs> Yeah, over there in in Alabama, mm. and they'll be bringing they'll be bringing three linemen that are six seven over three hundred pounds and all D one <laughs> prospects. So uh, you want to see a, you want to see a good football team? Wow! Uh, c- come watch them on the third game, the third weekend. Um, then we follow them up with uh, with St. Martin at home, and then we hit the road uh, to Carrier to play Purvis Central uh, in week four. And, of course, they're, they're breaking in Jacob Owen as the head coach up there, who I know will do a wonderful job. He's, he's gotten a, a lot of great experience calling that offense in the wing tee, and, and I know he'll do a wonderful job there at PRC. And so we get to make that trip to Carrier, which is a trip that we have not made in, in, a, in a number of years, uh, linking back to, to win PRC and Stanislaus were in the same division. And then we end our, divisions, I mean, our non-division schedule with a trip to the Jackson – uh, Jackson area to play against uh, Madison Regional Academy, which is an NAIS school. Uh, they beat us last year by a field goal with one second on the clock at our place. So hopefully we can return the favor wow. this year. Um, and then we go straight into our division schedule. First game is on the road uh, in week six with uh, with Van Cleve. Uh, so we have to travel to Jackson County to take on uh, a Van Cleve a Bulldog squad that uh, looks to be improving. Uh, in, once you get into division play, uh, your record starts over. Mm-hmm. Uh, although Stanislaus, the, the coaching staff, likes to likes to talk about uh, being O and O on Sunday morning uh, when you begin to do your do your installs. So, but once that once that division schedule starts, it doesn't really matter what happened in the first five ball games. It begins week six, and we have to travel to Van Cleve uh, and an improved Van Cleve squad, and then we travel the 1.2 miles across town to take on Bay High in week seven uh, and Bay High looking to be an improved squad under under Ben Foreman and uh, and, and getting some uh, getting some improvement there then then we have the juggernaut coming to Bay St. Louis and East Central uh, Seth Smith uh, proved to everybody last year that uh, that his that his crew can can run that wing tee and and play that nasty uh, bruising defense as well as anybody, and he's got some players returning. Avery White comes to mind uh, immediately, and uh, you know he's got he's got college prospects on his team again, and that's in my in my estimation, in my opinion, uh, that's the bell cow of the division. That's that's the one that that's the one that stands out. Uh, they're the, they're the reigning division champion until someone knocks them off. That's where they stand. Uh, we follow that up with uh, with the trip Joe. to Lost Point. Joe, yeah. just to stop you and to interrupt you, that that East Central game, going back and looking at film and and prepping for uh, Stanislaus in the playoffs, and then for East Central for the radio call, 
that was an interesting ball game that y'all really played them well and then rain am i am i right in remembering that right the, the rain kind of changed that one a little bit and, and oh, like you yeah. said early may not have changed the outcome but definitely had a factor in the ball game yeah th- there's no doubt it was a seven nothing ball game at halftime and then then the heavens opened i think i think seth made a made a mayday <laughs> call at halftime and uh and the heavens opened, and yeah. it, it ended up it ended up being forty one seven. So uh, Tony Brown got loose in, in yeah. the second half, and of course, when the rains came, it, it changed our dynamic mm-hmm. of finesse up tempo because the bad weather, the wet football, it all it, it changed our dynamic. But it played right into the hands of East Central. Mm-hmm. You know, they they don't throw the ball much. What they do, they do extremely well. That's run the football, and and Tony Brown is. <laughs> is as great a high school running back as you'll ever see. And he proved it on that night. And then uh, stepping, stepping forward from East Central, we, we go right into Moss Point, and then, and then we entertain uh, Pat Christian at the end of the season at home. Uh, and, of course, Casey Whitman was a playoff team last year, and uh, he's, uh, he's, he's making strides over there at, uh, at Pat Christian. It's interesting when you have a team like East Central, and and I think it's fair to say with the, what they did last year and what they're returning, uh, maybe a clear-cut one, and then everybody else starts kind of positioning, uh, whether they'll admit it or not, but all those games become so important when you're looking at trying to be one of the other three that gets in. So it'll certainly be fun to see how the Rocket Charles fare in that district. Yeah, it's it, you're absolutely right. You know, you have the bell cow at East, with East Central, and after that, everybody's uh, playing for pecking order, you know, two through two through six at that point. And you know, like I said, until someone knocks East Central off the off the pedestal, that's where they stand. And and everybody else is 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 right there in the mix. You know, it get, you know, spots two through four can 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 be won by anybody. And when we talk about that mix, and you've described uh, the Rocket Charles, let's kind of switch gears and and move, uh, as you've said, just a mile down the road there uh, to Bay High, and let's discuss what Coach Foreman and his crew, uh, the tasks they have at hand, uh, Joe, and what they're looking to rebound from last year. Well, it's been it's been up and down for Bay High over the last few years. Um, They've had some tough goes at it. Uh, they've lost some tight ball games, um, but you know they had some really foggy situations there in the spring uh, mm-hmm. with what was going on administratively and things of that nature. Uh, but they finally got it settled, and everything's moving forward. And Ben is the head football coach this year, which I think is a very good thing. Ben's a wonderful individual. Uh, he, he devotes uh, just hours and hours of time and his staff devotes hours and hours of time to those kids and they're getting better. But the one thing that they fight, uh, which all teams fight at some point, which is cyclical and that's replacing your playmakers. And they're, they're having to replace probably the best playmaker that they've had there in the last 10, 12 years. And that's Jalen Wilson. And Jalen is now at PRCC and, uh, he accounted for 2,000 yards of Bay High offense last year, and I'm not sure how much offense he didn't account for mm-hmm. last year. He yeah, was when you saw he them was their on guy. Tape. Yeah, he just jumped off when you saw them on tape, and you know didn't 
their record indicated that they weren't a very good football team. I think that's fair to say, but he was just sensational. I think he'll have a dynamite uh, junior college career with, with what I saw him do at the high school level. Oh, absolutely. Jalen Wilson, Jalen Wilson is an athlete. There's, there's no mistake about it. No ends, ifs, or buts about it. He is, he is an athlete. And when he is given the opportunity to focus in on one position instead of having to play every down on the football field, what we're going to see is a dynamic athlete. And I don't know exactly where they, where they plan on playing Jalen, but my take would be at an H back or something like that where you can, you can try to match him up and get some mismatches with some people because if you put the ball in his hand, he's going to find a way to get, get to the end zone, which he did last year. You know, Jalen, uh, he threw the ball for over 1,000 yards and then rushed for 900 yards and accounted for 20 touchdowns. It's, when he touches the football, something exciting is going to happen. And that's, that's what Behi is trying to replace. And they're going to replace him with a sophomore quarterback by the name of Josh Peters. And when I was talking to Ben about him, uh, Ben had nothing but glowing things to say about Josh. Josh, Josh is an athlete, uh, maybe not in the mold that um, that Jalen was, but they have a wildcat in a younger player by the name of Samaje Robertson. Samaje played primarily defense last year. Well, now Samaje is going to play both sides of the football, and he's their wildcat. So look for another game-breaker, but maybe not primarily at the quarterback position. So you got Samaje Robertson coming back, but on defense, they had two huge tackling machines in John Russo and Kyrie Hodges. Uh, Russo had almost 190 tackles alone last year Wow! Uh, at, at linebacker, and then Kyrie Hodges had 125. Uh, so you've got major production at Bay High that needs to be replaced. And he's got some players that, that can do that. Uh, Jordan Calamese on the defensive line is returning for them, so it provides a little stability there at one of the defensive ends. Uh, you've got um, some some returning people on the offensive line, and Bryce Verger coming back as a senior. He's been a four-year starter for them. Their kicker is returning, Dawson uh, Katsakis. He's, he's returning. Uh, so he's got some he's got some some experience in places, but it seems like what happens with, with Bay High year after year is they fight an experience battle. Um, you know, their players come in and they, it seem to happen for one year and then they move on, um, which at some point in time you have to straighten out. Mm-hmm. And one of the big linebackers that they missed last year, he missed all football season with injury, was Cade Compretta. And Cade is six foot one, two hundred and twenty-five pounds, and he is going to be that John Russo for Bay High this year. Cade Compretta uh, is the son of former Bay High head coach Brandon Compretta, and uh, is a football player. And when they lost him last year, they lost a lot of experience because Cade would have been a three-year starter at that point, uh, and then they had to turn things over to uh, less experienced players who got experience along the way, but like you said, didn't really turn out the way they wanted it to turn out. But having Cade back in the middle on defense is going to be invaluable to them. Well, it'll be fun to see how Bay season uh, fares out and keep a close eye on the Rocket Charles. Joe, if you're up for it, we'd like to check in with you like in each quarter of the season, get a, 
update from Hancock County. Uh, we're going to have a chance to visit with uh, Neil Lawler tonight, so we're going to get uh, news from from the Hawks. But if you could make time for us uh, every three or four weeks and we can check in and get a update on how Hancock County football is going. And I know that uh, you write articles there in the Seacoast Echo. Joe, is there another way that our listeners uh, can follow you or, or get information? What's the best way that they can see what Joe Jex is putting out? Well, the best, the best way they can see it is by logging into our website, which is www.seacoastecho.com. We've refashioned our website. Uh, it's now a, a multi-service media facility. Uh, we're, we're beginning to upload videos and uh, more and more photos, and we upload everything that is produced in our paper now instead of just select articles. So we've redefined our website. That's really the easiest way to, to get uh, to see what I'm doing and to see what I'm writing. Uh, I, I don't have a Twitter account. Uh, I, no, I look endlessly on play. Twitter. You sure don't. I tried to find you at length. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I chart every play. So for both teams, <laughs> offensively and defensively, and and Twitter just doesn't fit. I don't have enough hands for Twitter. So, uh, but but really, uh, www.seacoastecho.com is the easy is the easiest way to follow to follow what I'm doing. And uh, we usually have our our Friday night game stories up. Uh, not long after the game, really about an hour or so after the game is, is when mine uh, hits the uh, hits the airwaves uh, on the internet. Uh, so, but I'll be more than happy to uh, to, to sit down and talk with y'all. Uh, you know, every few weeks during the season this year, it would be my pleasure. Y'all do what, such a wonderful job that uh, yeah, heck, you make my job talking on, talking on the on the podcast here uh, very easy. Well, we certainly appreciate. Uh that joe and we appreciate your time man and uh you got great insight it's always uh cool to be able to catch up and and learn something uh from you so we appreciate your time and we'll be catching up again soon sounds great clay thank you very much and look forward to talking with y'all soon thank you joe thanks joe thank you for joining us for this week's episode stay tuned for more episodes in the weeks to come